was today's today's topic. Well, as promised, we're uh, talking our five favorite uh, Stephen King movies. Yes, and we will not be doing books this year because you haven't read enough Stephen King novels. You said right. You said this year. Yeah. What year? So we'll do next year. I got to So you have one year to read some Stephen King novels. Are we doing them for the classics at classics? Are are any of his novels on the classics list? I don't know. But what I'm saying is I, I, the only reading that I do book-wise is for the book club. It's rare that I finish well, a book. Well, now you have to do it for the podcast. Do I? Yeah. I'll Cliff's f- notes. I'll um, figure it out. Well, okay. I, would, I mean, at this point, I would just watch the movie. <laughs> No, the books, some of the books are different. Yeah, but you said Cliff Notes is the same difference at some point. No, it's not. At a certain point. They're Cliff Noting the book. They're not Cliff Noting the movie. It's the same difference. No, it's not. The major points? No, because there's major points that are different in the book to the movie. I don't think, I think, I, I don't think it's that bad when you're talking about main story. To get the gist, I, to get the gist no, of a I story. I think some, some of it, uh, Flowers in the Attic was way different. That's not a book I would read anyway. But the movie is drastically different compared to the book. Okay. In the book, they had a whole incestuous affair. Why are you so hyped though right now? Because you need to understand. You really (laughs) hype right now. See, I didn't even say nothing. Okay, I'm calm. Wait, so the Flowers in the Attic book still wasn't about two kids living in the attic? Four kids. Whoever. However many kids. Well, I'm saying that part yet, but they're... All the rest was way, way different than for it the, was for the main the story. Book. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, it was drastically different. So I know, like a book like Stand by Me wasn't as different as the movie. No. That's probably one of the main. That's like one of the two Stephen King. Carrie books was I've different. Read. Way different. How different is way different? You should read the book to find out. I don't know if I want to. What if I don't it's, like it? It's way different. How different is way different? You have to read it. I'm not going to tell you. I don't know if I'm going to read it. I don't know if I'm going to remember I'll that remind you. outside this conversation. I will remind you. You reminded me of me actually going to get the book to read it are two different things. I might not be interested at that point. Yes, you will. I, I doubt it. Okay, what's your number five? What is my number five? Creep show. I think this will be like last week. Last Last episode, we didn't have any of the same... Scary movies. Creepshow's a great movie. Uh, Grace, yeah, Grace probably stretch. One? Creepshow 2 is not as good as Creepshow. Okay. Creepshow 2 has... I never saw the second one. I saw the first one. Creepshow 2 has the one where the kids are at the lake and there's like a big sewage thing that devout, like just randomly starts taking mm-hmm. kids. And it has the one with the big Native American statue. Mm-hmm. Creepshow 1... Those are the only, like out of like four four stories. Those are the only really good ones. I used to like when they made more of those, where you would get like three or four stories in yeah. one. Well, that was the whole thing. It was I forget the name of the director, but it was all stories based off of or adaptations of Stephen King novels or short stories. Ah. So they were take they were take again because his the the reason we're able to do this with Stephen King is because he's done so much content. That there, it's almost like there's never a, a lack of Stephen King material to turn into a TV show or a movie or to adapt to some type of portion of a film. So he's got a lot of shit just sitting around that ended up becoming, excuse me, um, material. 
material for he, movies and stuff. He's like the the prince of uh <laughs> kind of yeah. He's Low probably key. got tons and tons of stuff. Low key. But Creepshow was good because the stories they were scary, but there was also a lot of humor. Like the one of my favorites off of the first creep show is when a meteor lands and hits this rural town. Mm-hmm. And it slowly starts to create lands. No matter of fact, because Stephen it's the one Stephen King's in. He goes outside and he grabs the meteor and brings it into his house. Crazy. And then it like splits and it gets on his hands and he starts noticing that like he's got these bumps on his fingers and he keeps like sucking on his fingers to try and like get the pain down. And then all of a sudden you start seeing that like throughout the house like where the meteor touched like the shit's like it's looked like big stalks of grass and a- after a while he just like starts morphing into like this big grass man it was crazy but it was, it was just cool stuff like that um but my favorite has always been there's leslie nielsen and ted danson i forget the woman in it um where ted danson was he sleeping with Leslie Nielsen's woman or he owed him some money? Something happened and uh, he ends up kidnapping Ted. Leslie Nielsen ends up kidnapping Ted Danson and the woman and starts like fucking with him. And like he makes them like dig their own graves on the beach. Ooh. And they, 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 he videotapes them so they can see themselves while the tide's coming in and they're buried to their neck. Well, he's buried to his neck. And he, no matter of fact, he's videotaping it. He can see his woman on another part of the beach buried to her neck with the tide coming. That shit bugged me the fuck out. <laughs> it really did. That shit bugged me. It was so good, though. It was such. And, but it was. I think it was like five stories. And they're all just like quick, like 10, yeah. 15 minutes. Um, there's humor and then there's scariness. I don't know. It was really dope. It was dope. I liked to me. all stuff like that. They had like the uh, amazing stories. They mm-hmm. had the Tales from the Dark Side. Yep. Yep. I liked all those, you know, where. It, you weren't completely invested for like two or three hours. Yeah, I mean, even like shows like Tales from the Crypt, it's like a half hour. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that shit was crazy. But they are all copycats of The Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone. <laughs> we never <laughs> took our shot. shot. <laughs> yeah, we never took our <laughs> shot. And you can okay. give us your number five. Cheers. What's sad is I brought these shot glasses up and then we had those two. But then I realized we still have the other two with skulls that we haven't even opened up yeah, yet. So now we look like bedtime alcoholics. No, we're just lazy. I'm just lazy. We. What's your number five? Lawnmower Man. Ooh, really? Nice one. Nice one. Yeah. It's actually one of those movies I very seldom ever get to see it. Yeah. And we have it. Mm-hmm. But I do love the movie. Um, what the hell's his name? Job. Who's the yeah. central character? I forget it. That guy. He, that guy looked like he was going to be a star, and then he just never was. Yeah, there was something. Um, keep talking. There was something about that movie I was looking at recently. And so he is like, um, I guess, like mentally challenged. Yes. And um, he's kind of like a like keeps things clean for this scientist mm-hmm. <coughs> who experiments on him and winds up kind of correcting the challenges that he has. Mm. But then he winds up being 
like really confident <clears throat> and eventually too confident mm -hmm. and wants to get revenge on the people he realized were using him. Word. And so then it all goes haywire. But it's like the sci-fi portion it was, of it. It was, like, vir really it was awesome. like early virtual reality. It yes. Like. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really good. The story was good. Um, most of the people I know mm -hmm. that we all saw it together, Nick and they all hated it. I was the only one. <laughs> I remember watching it a lot on uh, the movie channel. Just because yeah, in USA and they're uh, they showed the promos and just seeing a guy bugging out inside the computer was bugged out. But Matt, f funny enough, going to our earlier conversation about uh, movie adaptation, Stephen King sued because he said for The Shining, right? No, he sued for the Lawnmower Man. He wanted his name taken off of it because he said they they changed so much in the movie that it said he said it bore little to no resemblance to his See? book um and now i have to go and make myself read the lawnmower man I, book well it's just a short story so you could probably i imagine mm -hmm. you could probably find it in one of his collections mm -hmm. uh, but yeah it, it he sued in may of 92 um they ruled in his favor and this was the first successful ruling like this since 1922's i am the law never heard of that before um they said then it got appealed in that October, so this would have been 27 years ago, that the on-screen credit for Stephen King could remain, but that King's name should be removed from advertising, and Stephen King ended up winning $2.5 million in the settlement. Um, but despite the ruling, New Line Cinema never complied, and when they came out on home video, they released it as Stephen King's A Lawnmower Man. Um, two years later, they were held in contempt of court, and on Stephen King's official website, he does not list the lawnmower man as hmm. one of his. So uh, here I picked my number five for a movie that he that. OK, so I'm switching my number five. No, I mean, it's fine because <laughs> one of mine is like, no, we've talked about before. It's like a notorious Stephen King did not agree with the way the adaptation was done. What was the one I took off? I don't know. You said you had six. Okay, I'll leave it the way it is. I wonder what was missing. It's going to haunt I'll you. I'll go over. No, I, I see it. I know what it was. It'll be Stephen King in the corner like, why'd you do this? Bitch. All right, so we're on to number four. Mm -hmm. This is going to seem weird for a lot of people, at least people that are our age or older, but my number four is Misery. It probably should be higher, but it's my number four. Um, I Was that one of my... No, Creepshow would have been my first... Creep show and the shining, but I think like misery was one of the ones that grow when I first saw it, like I understood the hype of what the Stephen King name was. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it was probably because the movie just became a big part of pop culture. One of my favorite things with, with him is, so he can come up with things like it and pet cemetery and like these like supernatural mm -hmm. type thrillers, you know, where you're like horror movies where you're like scared shitless. Mm -hmm. But then he can have you feel almost the same thing, if not worse, because it's no supernatural stuff. It's just fucked up people. Yeah. 
And these are everyday normal people that you could just come across mm-hmm. that'll break both your feet off, you know, in between a board. I will say, because I mean, that's horror and that's still, that, that's probably my favorite type of horror is these stories that are based not so much on the supernatural or monsters or things mm-hmm. like that, but just like fucked up situations. Like Stephen King's yeah. known for horror. But he also has some really good non-horror as well. I think Misery probably plays more into the horror just because of the the violence. But also, like, a lot of shit. My man roaming around the house trying to figure shit out while she's gone or, you know, in the other room. Like, uh, there's a lot of horror to yeah. these things that is can be more frightening than and that's what a I'm scary saying. Yeah, guy. it can be scarier because, like, in reality, you are pretty freaking sure there's no clown in the sewer waiting on you. Yes. But getting into a car accident and having somebody come help you that turns out they're going to harm you, Mm -hmm. that's much closer to uh, an available reality. Real life horror. Than, you know, than the scary clown. 100%. Yeah. Like, Like, if I really believe scary clowns were a thing, I would have, like, a fake flower on my on my shirt and with a squeeze bottle and like squeeze mace out of it. Jesus. You know, I've thought about this. So, um, <laughs> you know, so I would be ready for the clown. Yeah. I wouldn't be ready for any, any. Yeah, I don't remember whatever. her last name. I don't know why I think Wilkes, but anyway. Shouts out to the lady who recreated her yelling about the book. And did you see that it was like a couple of years ago? She was in like a Barnes and Noble or something. And she was at I for, well I forget the name of the author in this in the mo- in the story, but she went to the cast register and was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." She asked okay. for it, and the lady was like, "I don't know what the hell you I don't know what you're talking about." She's like, "You've never heard of them? Misery, Misery's Chair, whatever." Like she was going in, <laughs> she was, and I I don't. The movie's old enough where you could pull something like that, and the person working at a store might not know what it is. Like you couldn't have done this in ninety two or ninety three. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that shit had me dying, <laughs> dying. But yeah, I love, I love Misery. Kathy Bates is great in it. Um, She's amazing. The fucking again, the scene with the. I was with, gonna watch Fried Green Tomatoes this morning. Wow, he was really on. That's that's some really tough Sunday morning viewing. <laughs> it really is. That movie is not. That's a good movie, but that, and it's like, I guess at the. Heart I feel like, like it a, really gives you a, a taste of small town southern. Yeah. yeah. Southern life from Jesus. back from back then. That's you know? a lot. That's a lot. It's a great movie though. Great film. What's your number four? I have to look. <laughs> I thought I had it memorized. Sleepwalkers. I like Sleepwalkers. I like Sleepwalkers a lot. It didn't make my top five, but I really do like Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers. Um, I like the the music mm-hmm. it was very like creepy and it fit really well yeah. um but um you know we have four cats and q frank emery and that movie was full of cats and they was fucking people up yeah so um yeah. well they was fucking up sleepwalkers word but the protectors the whole uh i you know the whole weird part about you know them having this incestuous relationship and you know but he's out there also looking for virgins was just like so weird and i'm like were they official were they officially 
mother and son, or were they just playing mother and son? I think they were mother and son. I I never I if I've not watched it in a while. Read the book. I mean, wouldn't it say in the movie though? Not necessarily. No, I think they were mother and son though. I think they just had an incestuous. No, I mean I understand incestuous, but I don't. I didn't remember if she was really. His mother because in the she cr- was. I remember her yelling at them. Look what you've like, kind of like. Well, look what you've done to my boy or my son or something like that along uh-huh. those lines. When when they hurt him, that shit was weird. That was good. I always I like the the black guy who was the the police chief uh-huh. and this cat Clovis. Yep, and he was he was basically training the cat to kill motherfuckers. He got killed, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they. Clovis sta- was okay. I'm pretty sure they stabbed him in the head with a pencil or yeah, something, right? Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Um, and his face morphing in and out was just weird. That the 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 graphics in that were wild, like that stuff, because mm-hmm. he had like those. It was weird. They they didn't like cats, but they looked kind of like cats. Yeah, I always thought that was weird. But feline um, features. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I th- I think the uh, the morphing of the face. Like, I remember a couple times, like it was, and his whole face was we can, all. We're gonna make you make that face, and that'll be the shot for this episode. I don't know if that's what we want to do, but um, I, I always thought that stuff was crazy. Uh, yeah, good film, good film, good number four, good number four. Yep. All right, my number three is Carrie. I didn't know if Carrie was gonna be on this no. list or not when I was thinking, but it it had to be. Okay, so I will tell you now, Carrie's my number three. Wow, same yep. number three. <laughs> um, I mean, we talked about this on the last episode. Um, I brought it up as one of the movies that scared me. Um, but I think just as, even outside of like it being so iconic, I just think it's interesting that there was a film that dealt with like, cause you hear about people having like supernatural powers, mm-hmm. but they, it, and it, I don't know, you could probably take it a different way, but um, I think it's interesting that they came on when she got her period, when she was starting to like really hit. Well, I, and I took it a different way. I took it like um, maybe that had always been in her, but you know, this whole, situation you know she was a little older she's on the verge of adult being an adult you know um and so she's she's trying to pull away from her mom Mm. without pulling away from her mom like i i feel like she really really didn't want to be disrespectful to her mom no no not at all you know but she needed she also was starting to feel like she needed to be whoever she was supposed to be and so she you know um i don't know if it was she got these things because her period started or just happened to coincide with, you know, I always took it more like it coincided. Not, it was the onset of her, of her menstrual cycle that brought it on. Well, I, I only say that cause I know, and maybe I'm just putting other shit in there, but like with the mutants and the X-Men and the Marvel comics, that was a thing. Like when they would hit puberty, like 13 okay. years old or whatever, totally different writers. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily put, I'm not saying they're linked. I'm just saying based off of my experience as a, reader and of taking these things in that scene it's a it's a trait that happens throughout a number of things where when these when kids are hitting a certain level if they have these latent abilities they usually present themselves around that time okay i'm not saying they're related okay 
<laughs> well, because you say it like that, like you, you like I'm. Because I'm just, I disagree, but I'm just trying to not say I, I mean, continuously I don't, that I, don't I know disagree. If, I don't know so. if it's an agree or disagree thing. Though. I'm just saying that's where I was coming from with it. Okay. Um, I think the part in that movie that scared me the most was just her mom. Her mom to have to live with that with that person. Mm. And when like her mom describes um her and her husband having sex, which, you know, culminated in her having Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, you know, it, like it, it was just so bizarre. Like she's like, um, in the moment when she's retelling that story to her daughter, she's like very much in the moment. Like you could tell she was feeling that lust that she had felt way back then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then in the in the same in the next breath, not wanting her daughter to experience anything, mm-hmm. anything like that at all, you know, and really blaming her daughter for getting a menstrual cycle, yeah, which is a completely natural thing and something you have literally no control over, mm-hmm. but really blaming her daughter for getting one, like she must be having horrible thoughts, and mm-hmm. you know, so it, you know, to grow up. You know, my my frame of mind went back to like imagine this girl, you know, how she got this quiet and, you know, scared of her own shadow growing up with a mom like that. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody said anything again, you know, and in the 70s, it was much different, you know, time frame. You could whoop your kid's ass and nobody's going to call the cops on you. 100%. So, you know, everybody looked at her mom like she was the weirdo in the neighborhood going door to door with her religious flyers and this and that but you know poor carrie is like getting teased yeah you know so i don't know it was just really weird i always wanted to know though so like carrie's mom's ultra religious mm-hmm. carrie's abilities as far as you can tell in the movie have nothing to do with religion mm-hmm. but then something's in the house and brings the whole house crashing when she kills her mom. That wasn't her? No, because she was hiding from it. Remember, she was like holding her mom. And then you could hear something creeping upstairs. And then the ha- the house starts to cave in. I assume she did that. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't tell. I, I would not have assumed yeah. that she did it. It My- just seemed like, like, I wonder if like it was God because she had sinned and killed her mom. Like, the, I didn't know. My assumption was that... She realized a that she was very powerful, which she was, mm-hmm. and also realized that she pro she or at least she probably felt like she couldn't get away from her mother just because like of the type of person that she was and the type of person her mom was. She was only in high school; she wasn't going to be able to. She wasn't the type of person that was going to just run away. So I and I think at, at a certain level, she was probably also scared. Of how powerful she was. So I always wondered if she knew it was, she probably figured it wasn't going to get any worse and just took the whole shit down. You know, just said, fuck it. The, be- the best way to rid the world of this is to take myself out of it. That's how I always figured it was. Yeah, and I totally didn't take it that way at all just because, you know, in the scene where, you know, she- she she basically crucified her mom. Mm-hmm. You know, so she crucifies her mom. 
she pulls the knife out of her mom's arm or hand and um and her mom you know she's holding on to her mom and she's like crying and holding her mom mm. and then all of a sudden there's creepy noises like you hear something upstairs moving mm-hmm and so she gets her mom's other arm down and she goes into the closet and then the whole house starts to cave in. My thing, if it was something else in the house, I would have hoped that they would have brought something, they would have mentioned that or done something about mm-hmm. that before the end of the film. Yeah. Because I don't think there's any call to any anything well, else having maybe a power. It's different interpretation. You know? I mean, maybe, maybe the book's different. I don't know. You told me to read it. But... uh I I I'd, I'd feel kind of weird if come to find out it wasn't her. It was this weird entity, and we're just never. Well, I kind of wonder. I felt like it was God punishing her for killing her mom. Mm. That's how I how I took it. Either that, or maybe I think the other way. Like when we were kids and we talked about the movie, people thought um, that her powers were really Satan, and so Satan brought her to hell. No. Oh. No, and just, that was why it said Carrie, Carrie rests in hell at the end. Remember the the makeshift mm-hmm. grave Somebody wrote that, that though. Yeah, yeah. And so that would be why it said that Carrie right rests in hell. I assume, like I said, I assume that it was her taking because she already at, at when she crucifies her mom. Are we to assume that her mom is dead? Her mom died. So I, I yeah, she's like her mom's like doing this like weird laugh, and and uh, she's like up like this on the on the post in the kitchen mm-hmm. and then she's got all the knives all in her all in her yeah yeah so i i figured I'm that surprised i remember as much of this movie as i do it's an iconic film but like with that said i so the mom dies i Carrie think runs up to her mom and she's like you know st- staring at her mom she's standing in front of her she's like all teary and crying and then she she's like no and she pulls the knife out of one of her mom's hands mm. My, I, it sound it reads like guilt to me. It reads like guilt, and it reads, reads like somebody who doesn't know if they can control oh, themselves. So they take them, they take themselves out, and just take the whole thing down with them. And at the end, because we're also talking about a girl who they literally just made fun of at the fucking dance, mm-hmm. just dropping the pig's blood and whatnot. Prom, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they then put somebody fucked up, put up a marker, and was like, "She rests in hell," knowing that she died in this house or what have mm-hmm. you. Um. Yeah, I I always thought she. I read the book again. She, I don't remember a lot of it. She just it, it's it read it reads to me like she just felt like there was no way out. So. Okay. Either way, classic film. All right. What's your number two? My number two. Another Kathy Bates, Dolores Claiborne. I forget how much mm-hmm. I really like this film until I think about things mm-hmm. like this. It was a really good film, and I don't even. I'm not like. The biggest Jennifer Jason Lee fan, but I thought she was really excellent she, in the film. Yeah, they, her, uh, I forget the guy that plays the father. Um, I'll look it up. Are really too. good, but Vera by far, yeah. with just a few scenes, really stole the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole scene where she's talking about uh, sometimes husbands breaks give out when they go to visit their mistresses, mm-hmm. and their wives get all the money. Yes. You know, yes. I was like, holy shit. Like she like and she's shaking and her eyes are all tear. I was like, this bitch wins an Academy Award. <laughs> I'm like, she should get an Academy Award. Who was her husband? Was it it was George St. George. Um Joe St. George. David Stray Straythorn? 
He was really good. They all did really well in this movie. Yeah, I'm just... I don't know most of these people, but yeah, I think uh, it's just it was just good. It, it, it definitely from the the few Stephen King novels I've read, uh, it feel like he has a, it. Always, it's always the same feeling. It's like that and Stand by Me. I feel like there's another one, like the stuff in it when they're talking about like the town that they all grew up on. Mm-hmm. They all have the same feeling. It's like regular America, but also kind of eerie. Yeah. There's just like a a, a slight eeriness to it um but and i also i like the way that the story revealed because like you you go on just trying to understand why this woman hates or doesn't have this relationship with her mother and everything and then as you start peeling back the layers and seeing like really what happened Mm -hmm. um through the course of their lives it's i don't know it's just amazing there was a i think i mentioned this before there was an episode long time ago from a TV show called Quincy. Mm. And uh, they said that the child that's abused is usually showing a lot of affection to the parents that is abusing them. Yes. Um, as a way of like proving their love constantly so they're not beaten and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that would explain why the daughter was more uh, to her mom and so connected, you know, connected to her father, but it was because her father was abu- you know, molesting yeah. her. Not, not even realizing what, what the mm-hmm. situation really was. Yeah. It was deep. And the other, so I'm just going to say, this is my number one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other side story, you know, besides Vera, cause that was like really cool um, that, you know, they had Vera come out with that, you know, that confession. Mm. Um, but was the old cop that he hadn't, uh, there was one um, murder that he never solved. So, and it was Dolores's you know, killing of the husband. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so now he, the whole point of this, the whole start of the movie is because they think she killed Vera. Yes. Um, so that cop really just had it in for her, for her. And, um, Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> but if you ain't seen the movie at this point, yeah, it's, it's, know, it's been twenty four years. You know, um, you know. So for the daughter to come and try to take care of her mom, mm-hmm. and then she starts having all the flashbacks of what she grew up with, and I, I don't think her and her mom are ever going to be, you know, close. Yeah. Um. There's just been too much. Mm-hmm. But. I think they walked away from it at the end with like an, a better understanding of each other. Word. You know, so, um, you know, the the cop was going to have to, you know, because remember it was like he had something like 85 cases or something. Yeah. He it was, was like he one was... for 85 and now it's going to be like two for 85. I forget yeah. what the number was. Yeah. Well, he, he was big enough his, uh, his win-loss record or whatever. Yeah. And, um and that's what Jennifer Jason Lee's character like harped on. She's like, "So you keep saying that. Mm-hmm. So let's let's say what this really is about." And that's you know yeah. when it all really starts coming out. Yeah. But um, I'm a person who loves flashbacks mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, if done correctly, mm-hmm. and I feel like they they did this movie justice. Like you you had to have those flashbacks to be able to explain without starting the movie 30 years before, 100%. you know? So it was done really well. Uh, the story um, is, 
you know, you really get caught up in this whole New England mm-hmm. vibe, you know. Riding um, a ferry and everything. Yes. Um, you know, and where Dolores is very much um, uh, hardened, I guess would be a good No, word. I think that's a great way to say it. Um, you you totally get why. Mm-hmm. And so I always wondered, like, you know, how did she deal with the aftermath? Because Vera's gone. Yeah, she went back. No, Vera died. No, yeah, 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 Vera, I'm sorry. I'm and, sorry. Um, uh, and the daughter's going to go back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So where does that leave what, what, what Dolores? It, now she's got a, this whole situation's going on. She's made this connection and now she's kind of just got to pick up the pieces by herself. Yep. Again. The, it, while, while you were talking about it, mind, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but there's this, that show Sharp Objects that hit HBO last year. Was it last year? I think it was last year. Um, it's a similar thing with a woman. It was uh, Amy Adams going back to the town that she grew up in to investigate a series of disappearances. Um, but it re- I wanted to see that. I haven't watched it. Yet. You should. It's, it's on, we, we got it on Plex. It's, it's eight parts. It's done really well, but it, it's, it has a lot of that where you see her reliving mm-hmm. a lot of the, cause, cause it, it starts out as being her investigating these situations, these dis- disappearances for, I think she's a, she's a journalist, but it turns into her, dealing with what she went through with her mom as a child Mm -hmm. and uh, i mean it it goes into a totally different territory and it's it's not it's presented in a a, a unique way but it had like at at its base it's a lot of that it's dealing with now by looking at you know what happened back then um which is really interesting and a really crazy story too shouts out to uh that was written by Jillian Flynn, who wrote Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, that part. Yeah, I haven't. Re- I heard the book for Sharp Objects is good too. I haven't read it though. But uh, anyway, so if that was your number one, what's your number two? The Green Mile. Uh, see, I've I don't I've watched The Green Mile, but I've not watched it from front to back. Now, happily, in one I sitting. will tell you that the book and the movie are one and the same. Okay. Um. So, uh, a few little, you know extra information in the book but by by far pretty much the same it unfolds the same. the same way yes um i will pretty much watch anything if you tell me tom hanks is in it yeah um yeah uh is he a racist in it or he's just like a? Simple, no he's not he's he's the one not racist white guy no they're pretty much none of them are okay, there's I just, I just um wonder. Like I said, I've I've watched pieces. No, of there's um we watched the Green Mile together. I've not watched it from the beginning. I've walked in and seen the end, and I've walked in and seen the middle. You I, should watch it. I think you'd like it. I um, think I got the gist, but yeah, I'll do that at some point. In the- um, the short guy was named Perry. I think his name's Perry in it. Um, so he's like a dickhead, but he's not picking on John Coffee. My name's Coffee. Not like the coffee, not like the drink. <laughs> um, uh, he picks on him, but I don't think he's picking on him because he's black. I think he's picking on him because he's mentally challenged uh-huh. and he's a prisoner and he just kind of fucks with everybody. Okay. Um, he's definitely short. And he's got that Napoleon complex thing. So just a dickhead. Yeah. And like his his uncle or something is like the warden or a senator oh, okay. or some shit. Makes more so, sense. Yeah. So, um, the, the movie is, it's 
filmed beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's a it, like it's in a prison, but it's like it's beautiful. Yeah. Um. The stories, the side stories, are like um. Uh, you know, Tom Hanks. Uh, you know, with his wife, and you know, there's a story there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's um, and the story is told. It's, it's all one flashback. Yes. So the story is a Tom Hanks character as an old man, mm. um, and he is kind of uh, talking to this uh, old lady in a retirement thing that he lives at, and as she's he's telling her the story about like it's because he loves her, and I guess like he like he kind of like wants to marry her. Yeah. But as an old need, man, yeah. But mm-hmm. he wants to explain to her his life, the, his life story, and how what changed him. Mm-hmm. And so he's telling her the story, and at the end, um, the timelines don't match up for her because she's like, you know, you would have been dead. Yeah, by you still. Now. That's what. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He, he 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 basically gave him like life everlasting or some shit. Yeah. Like so that. Yeah. he'll die. He knows he's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's gonna it's just gonna be a lot longer of a life. And the little mouse that they fed was still alive. Yes. So um, but yeah, there's so many like little side stories and there's there's a, a shocking kind of twist in there mm. of uh of who committed the crime that John Coffey's accused of. Where? And it's just it, it's a very touching uh movie. It's also, you know, it, it hurts your heart. Mm-hmm. What was the name? I think his name is Perry. Can you look it up? Because I can't remember the little short dude's name. So, what was his character's name? I think his name is Perry. That's what I'm saying. Perry. Perry. Doug Hutchinson. Was his name Perry, though? Perry Wetmore. Yes. So he winds up in an asylum because he's like brain dead. Because of what happens to him in the movie, mm-hmm. um, but like he, they're supposed to wet a sponge when they're gonna electrocute somebody, and the yes. sponge, the wet sponge, goes between the head and the, the electro thing, thing mm-hmm. on the top of the head, and he chose on purpose not to wet it, mm-hmm. and so the body wasn't catching the entire charge, so right. the guy slowly cooked to death, mm-hmm. and his body caught on fire. So when they have the wet the sponge it like shoots the electricity right into them and mm-hmm. it doesn't take that long for them to die yeah so um they made him they like grabbed him they're like he tried to turn away because of how it was looking and the smells and and, they're, and they turned him around like no you're gonna fucking look because yeah. this, this is, is what, what you did. did this is what you did and um i remember that part yeah so the whole movie the movie as a whole is a really great film um except for the the one part of john coffee with the supernatural entity in it uh-huh. um uh and it's one of those times when you don't want somebody to die because you know that they're innocent yeah but at the same time you you want them to die so they cannot be dealing with what they're dealing with anymore like it's mm-hmm. too much yeah it's too much to do and with. that was where this movie took you mm-hmm. you know you're almost relieved for john coffee when when he's killed at the end word so right. okay what's your number one the shining i i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why i asked the question it's the shining uh and see okay so i'm gonna tell you um 
I never liked The Shining. I like it. I never liked it. It confused the daylights out of me. Yeah. I didn't understand it. Um, there are scenes in it that I liked. Um, I thought the hotel was beautiful. I yes. love the whole point of the maze. The the the, the shots are iconic. It oh looks gosh, it looks yes. beautiful. I think, and a lot of that's probably you, you can't you can't hype the film without and you can't hype the film and say Stanley Kubrick did a great job and not also recognize that he seemingly purposefully made it more confusing than it needed to be. Yes. Um, Cause I think after that's one of the movies I probably want to read, but I also feel like I like the movie with the explanation of what's going on more than I think I like the book where like it had to deal more with like the guy's alcoholism. Like I, I, I appreciated it more as being these people are in this hotel that seems to be like crazy haunted and has all these spirits the, in it. Stanley hotel. I believe, I believe that's what it's called or yeah, I believe that's what it's called. I can't remember the name, but, um, like I appreciate it being like if you just told me they go to this hotel and all this wild shit happens because there's it's fucking haunting it's crazy I'm okay with it if it becomes like the hotel's crazy but also this guy's an alcoholic so like I I kind of prefer the idea that this guy went this mental on his family because the hotel's making him do it than it being. The hotel is haunted, but also this guy's a raging alcoholic and not really understanding which mm-hmm. one it is. Because then, then you could take the story out of the hotel, yeah, and it could happen at home, and it could still end up being something fucked up like mm-hmm. that. Um, but I mean, I think there's just it's again like we talked about it, you know, in the last episode. It was one I saw it when I I saw scenes from it when I was kind of young that still stick with me. You know, Jack Nicholson breaking down the bathroom door you know them having iconic to es- scene them having to escape out of that little window like there's just these moments you know my man riding a big wheel around the uh the floors of the hotel like there's just all this stuff that watching it then bugs me out watching it now still bugs me out um i think it's just like a landmark of a great film and again this is one of the ones that stephen king wasn't as happy with the adaptation mm-hmm. with because of things that were taken out of it um I know that they came out with a they came out with a TV movie version that he was more. Appreci- we should watch that. I heard it wasn't that good because it, it came out in like ninety nine. I feel like it was on ABC. It was like a it's another one of those like four hour things or something. Mm-hmm. And it I think it got critically panned. Oh, okay. Um, while it was truer to the story, it I don't know if that made it any better. And you know what it is too though. Um, and people will. Okay, so I grew up on The Shining, so this is like a movie I love, and I'm going to watch the one that Stephen King says the book is really about, and no matter, kind of, I'm not going to like it no matter what, unless it's really just the original Shining movie that I liked. 100%. And I think a lot of people go into that stuff exactly like that. Yeah, I hope you know, you're not a critic that does that, though. I, if you're a critic and you're watching something... I think something, some critics do that, because I've seen some critics, and they'll give something like a two out of 10 and then you ask them to like review, like give me whys. And, and so they talk about all these awesome things in the movies and then you'll hear them say, but I didn't like that it did this. I I felt like it would have been better if it went and did this. Okay. Mm. But you didn't fucking write it. 
So you're supposed to critique what it is, mm-hmm. not what you would have liked the character mm-hmm. to do. You know, critique what it is. And if you're auto, if you're critiquing something that could have been or should have been or whatever way you want to word it, instead of what it is, you're a bad critic to me because mm-hmm. then you are wishing what you think the movie should be. You 100%. know, so you're going to automatically shit on it if you don't agree with it. 100%. You know, so. But sometimes things can just be bad too. Yes, that's totally possible. We've seen our fair share of horrible movies. But, uh, I don't know. I also just, I, I, <laughs> I think one of the other things that bothers me with trying to go read Stephen King is just that, and I notice it with some of the, the lengths of these movies that come out on TV. They're just so fucking long. Like, I don't know if I'm down to take Thinner in... is like, uh, a sh- it's a thin book. Yeah. Sleepwalkers is a thin book. Yeah. There, a lot of them are not. But, yeah, it, it, but it was two VHS tapes. Salem's Lot is two VHS tapes. But the tapes books are not me. two books. No, I get it. But I'm saying like of some that it's part some of the reasons I've not read some cuz like the book for it is huge. Yeah, he's well he's very detailed in his stuff. Um They they cut so they cut and it's detailed and it's just like a lot like some of the stuff they cut out of both versions of the movie of it. From what I hear I'm like damn where the hell would he have fit this into the like the story seems fine even if the it TV version's like 4 hours long. Mm-hmm. It's it has a beginning, middle and end. And the stuff that was in the book that's not in the TV version or in either of the the the, the, the remakes remake versions, I'm like, wh- where would you have put this shit in the movie? Like, you would have really just like it feels like it would have derailed the entire story just to do this one thing that he felt well that putting was like, into it. What was the book that we read for the book club? Uh, 1922. No, this past one. Dracula. Dracula. So Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. So that I I Stephen King kind of does that where it's like I'm gonna explain for five pages what they had for dinner, yeah, and and how how it was cooked. I think with and, you know, and he does that. You know, he's very meticulous in detailing things. So I think a lot of like you know when I've watched read a book and then watched the movie, um, some of that doesn't. It doesn't affect the story. Yeah. Um. I feel like it's just it's pulling the movie or the the story to be longer, just because they want to give you a sense of time. So it's it's dragged out. I heard I heard it has a whole character that's like a supernatural turtle, that's guiding these people through. Uh, Does he eat pizza? No, no. I Damn. think he's he's some metaphysical situation that. Uh, First thing I thought of was teenage mutant ninja turtles. Yeah, for <laughs> real. And I I mean I. I get it probably makes a lot of sense when you're reading the story, but it also feels like something that without it in the, in the two video or two visual adaptations of it, the story's not been hurt because of this random. So I don't know. It's, I think it's a little bit of both, uh, but I mean, I guess that's also why you appreciate reading. You get to really get wrapped up mm-hmm. in these things where with movies, it's kind of like you're al- you're already given the idea that, okay, I have two hours. The story's going to have a beginning, middle and end. And that's it. So you don't really need yeah. some of the stuff that's a little more flowery, a little more uh, expository, if that's the right word. But yeah. So we each, so we had one one movie together that we that we both had on our list this time. That's a good one, Carrie. And we both had the same spot, which is even weirder. <laughs> so yeah, I. 
Yeah, I don't know if I could put Carrie so that, higher. I'm surprised Carrie might have went lower if if I was really thinking about it. But um, Stand by Me was the was the the sixth one. I was Stand like, by Me was was it was on my list for it, a minute and then yeah. it got off. Yeah, I because when I think about a lot of these movies, it's kind of like how off. Like I remember in Stand by Me the fucking pie eating scene, yep. the whole story. Um, and there's certain bits, but I don't remember it as fondly as I do some of these other Stephen King. The other one I took off my list was uh, Children of the Corn. So you like that? I'm not a big fan of Children of the Corn. I read the book too, so. I've, I We watched that movie for the first time. I watched it for the first time maybe like a year or two ago, and I was confused. <laughs> and it's not even like a, I'm an older person that's seen a lot of scary shit. I'm, that was in movie theaters? Yes. And that was seen as like a big scary movie? I don't know about that. Because I know people like talk about it like as a classic horror film, and I just it 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 seemed I, fucked you know up, it but is, it didn't really scare is, me at all. I think it's up there. Um, it for a lot of us, I think my or older than my, in than even I am, and you know I'm approaching fifty. Mm. Oh my God, I'm approaching fifty. That's the fucking horror movie right there. Is it? You look Jesus beautiful. Christ. There's no horror um, about you. Is there was a movie called The Children. Okay. And these little fuckers had black fingernails. <laughs> now that sounds scary. And um, it was like a town full of them. I don't really remember the premise of the movie. I have to go back and look. But they had black fingernails. And if they hugged you, they would like burn you to death. Oh, shit. And so it was, you know, like the Children of the Corn was another town run by children there where they had killed all the adults off. Yeah. But this was like a, you kind of think it's just a religious cult thing. And then you realize there's like some monster in a fucking cornfield in this yeah, farm community yeah. and it's like really killing off all the adults and expects a sacrifice every 30 days or whatever you're like who the hell like wh- where did it come from yeah well i see the thing with my thing with the children corn is like i thought it, it, it the story's hot the story's fire like these people happening upon this town all you see all, facts all you see are these kids running around you're not really seeing any it just seems weird it's super creepy I just, when it was time to like get to murdering and get to like scaring, I was like, oh, that's it? Yeah. Like I've, I've, and knowing, having seen films from that era, I don't, I'm going to assume they did like the budget wasn't crazy. Probably. Cause they, or that the, the filmmaker just wasn't as, uh, daring. Cause there, yeah. it, it definitely felt like, it yeah, the c- it scene could have been where more. the fire, where the monster got lit on fire and stuff, just wasn't. It was very yeah tacky. I get, but I mean, it's it's one of those things though where maybe the because I I think even with it, like in watching if you watch the TV series, Tim Curry's clown's amazing. But once you get to like the special effects for like 1990, even for TV, it was kind of like, eh. y'all. Yeah. Y'all spent more money making this movie look older than you did on like the the visual effects. So now, like, I appreciate the ability that Hollywood has now with special effects and whatnot mm-hmm. to be able to bring some of these, you know, Ray Harry Halston. Yeah, it's for real. Like, just, <laughs> just you know, it's 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 Star Wars movies, it's it's comic book movies, it's a lot of this stuff. You know, Terminator and stuff. You can see. Mm-hmm how much better these wild ideas and it's not like it was that long we're talking like maybe 20 years yeah the the advancement changes you're, yeah. you're you're able to take some of that stuff and really really make it um look the way it looked in your head when you're reading the book so okay we have to get going 
Okay, so we should get going. Yes. On that note, let us know in the comments what your favorite Stephen King movie is. Yeah. And uh, maybe a year from now, I'll get Chris to read some Stephen King books. I'll, 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 I'll pick from a list. You know what? Maybe just go against your own list. Maybe. Your top five, pick like two to read for next year. I can do that. See, that's not too much. And we'll revisit. I'll read them with you. You pick whatever two books you want and I'll read them with you. Okay. On that note, uh, we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our sponsors. Should we take another shot on that one? Cause we can if you want. Sure. I'm going to be drunk because it was already um, this apple cider I've been drinking has three shots of whiskey. In we'll it. take a shot for the, the non-existent sponsors. Shouts out to Jack Daniels. I'm going to totally tag Stephen King in this because he's big on Twitter. We'll see if he actually listens. Well, let's say it like this because he's definitely one of my favorite authors. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and read. I, I don't think I've read Lawnmower Man, so I'm going to go read that so I can compare the, the book to the movie. Maybe. We really got to get out of here, but maybe what we should do. Let's drink. Maybe we start a Stephen King book club where we read the book and then we watch the movie. Us or we have to bring other people in? I'm I'm fine if it's just us. Word. And maybe. We'll post it out. Maybe, you know what? Maybe that's something we could do. And if other people want to be on the podcast I after got, they've read was, it. It's the Pretty Unlimited Book Club, but it's only books that have movie adaptations. Yeah. We would do one once a month. We read the book, and then we watch the movie and discuss it on the podcast. And that'll be a separate podcast from the other podcast. I think that's a great idea. Yay. Good idea. Let's start that in tw- January 2020. I'm with it. And we get past the holidays and all that crap. We'll make a list and stuff and maybe post it out to people, or at least let people know there you go. what we're reading and watching. So. Oh, I like this. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. Good idea. Get a movie, get a get a book, good to go. 100%. Okay, on that note, mwah.